0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday edition. We have a very special episode today where we are going to be talking about Leadership Week. In person, virtual or hybrid, we're asking for your opinions. Today, when we speak, we are going to try to keep this non-political. Just, you know, what are your opinions? Are you willing to come in person? What would you need as far as safety concerns are? Uh, what would you need as far as safety concerns to be in place if you were to join us in person? And we'll take the conversation from there. I should be joined in a few minutes by Debbie Grubb, who is part of the advocacy steering committee. Um, and she's going to give us what they came up with as their recommendations, and help me moderate the calls today. But before we get to that, I have a couple of announcements to make. Uh, the Multicultural Affairs Committee is collecting articles for, I believe, it's the April issue. Um, but you have until next Friday to um, give to submit an article about diversity in your family, in your blindness life. Um, or in ACP itself, you can submit those to Cheryl Cumings. I will make sure that the email address to submit those articles to will be in the show notes, but, um, it's also been all over the leadership list, the conversation list, and on Facebook. Speaking of the leadership conversation and Facebook, if you want to join us today with some of your opinions on Leadership Week, or you have any comments or questions, <laughs> You can find the link to today's Sunday edition on our Facebook community group, on my personal Facebook page, and on all of the email lists. Next weekend, we will be celebrating Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which falls on um, Monday the 17th. So there's a couple of special uh, programming, a couple of special programs that we will be running. The first being next Saturday night. Um, I got permission from the director and writer and producer of the movie Say His Name, Five Days Mm. for George Floyd. It's a documentary short that has been nominated for a whole host of awards. It's already won quite a few awards. And our friend to Sunday Edition and friend to ACB, Roy Samuelson, our own Byron Lee, who couldn't be with us today, but he'll be back with us next week, um, both worked on uh, the documentary. One of my good friends from when I first became blind Nefertiti did the writing for it so well, them along with Sai, the director will be on Sunday edition next week to talk about it and have an open listening session as to how the documentary made you feel and how you feel since the verdicts etc cetera, etc cetera. then on Monday night we are partnering up with the MCAC committee again for an opening listen, open listening session um, with a beautiful homily that was delivered three years ago for Martin Luther King Jr. Day and Marilyn, who delivers the homily had been an activist with Martin Luther King Jr. himself. So we are really excited to bring that programming to you. I've also been asked to mention that um, this coming week, there will be two open community calls, and it's called Office Hours with Dan. They are on Monday at 9 p.m. and Friday at 6 p.m. Sheila, smack me upside the back of the head if I got those times wrong. No, no,
2: Thursday. Thursday. Monday Thursday.
1: Monday and Thursday so if you check your community call list those calls along with the other ones that I said will be there you'll find the links there or on the list Lucy you want to tell the folks how they can mute
3: unmute raise their hands and about that got it button since we're recording sure first of all there is um, a button that you will have to hit because this meeting is Actually, it's not being recorded yet, <laughs> if you want to start the recording. Um, you gotta be Anyway, there is a button that you will have to hit that says, got it. Recording in progress. So now the meeting is being recorded, and you will have to shift tab twice on your PCs and Mac, I believe, and you will flick till you find it on your smart devices. Those of you on phones don't have to do anything on keypad phones. When it comes time for questions, if you'd like to raise your hand, it is Alt-Y on the PC. Option-Y on your Mac, Star-9 on your keypad phones, and on your smart devices. The more option is in the lower right-hand corner of your screen. You'll double tap that, and then you'll flick to the right to find raise hand. Then if you want to unmute, Alt-A on your Mac, Excuse me, on your PC, Command Shift A on your Mac, Star 6 on your landline and push button phones, and um, it's in the lower left hand corner of your smart device screens. Thank you.
1: Thank you. So, folks, (laughs) you might hear a little bit of um, laughter and confusion amongst us. Byron Lee, who is my executive producer extraordinaire, is having computer uh, problems. So, at the very last minute, Lucy and Joe stepped in to help us out today. So, first, a quick virtual round of applause for them for stepping up at the very last minute to help us out today. Um, And unfortunately... Anthony, can
4: you hear me at all? This is Debbie. I just wanted. to...
1: Did you know I'm here? I am about to introduce you in a moment. Um, That's good. For those of you (laughs) who are friends to Byron's show, The Fun Zone, unfortunately, that will be a repeat today as well because, like I said, he's having computer problems and has to get it into the shop tomorrow. Now, I am very, very pleased to introduce one of my very dear friends, Miss Debbie Grubb who um, hails from Florida, who has been helming the advocacy and leadership responsibilities here in Florida Oh, for longer than I've been involved. But um, I am very <laughs> thrilled to see that I have gotten to work with her and will be working with her through this, um, this leadership session. And I invited her here because she's also part of the advocacy steering committee, and she's going to give us um, a couple of notes from the meeting, and then she's going to help me facilitate today's call. So, Debbie, first and foremost, welcome back to Sunday Edition. How have you been?
4: I've been great, and it's very good to be
1: Uh-oh, Debbie, you might have accidentally muted yourself. Did
5: you find that got it button?
3: Yeah, she did, because she was talking before, so.
4: All okay, right. Okay, I'm here. Here I there am, you go. I think. There we anyway, go. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, so guys, you know, for being so I don't know how I got muted okay, again. so you don't have to worry about... But maybe that was a good thing. Button. Anyway, what I wanted to say is, regardless of how this thing turns Hi. out, whether it's virtual, uh, whether it's you know hybrid, the deal is that it is such an honor that we can be at Capitol Hill one way or the other to speak our minds and to make our, our desires known and understood and no, it's not perfect. And sometimes it's difficult to make appointments. And sometimes you wonder if the LA that you're speaking with is paying attention, but you know, we're here. So that's the first thing I want to say that the important thing is that we participate no matter how this turns out, because it is A rich, rich blessing. And the other thing that I would say is it is really important that when you meet with someone, be it virtually or in reality, that we do a report back form. I had a mentor a long time ago who told me, if you don't take minutes of a meeting or have some record of it, Debbie, it never happened. And I've yep. never forgotten that. And the final thing I want to say before we begin hearing from all of you is that the Advocacy Steering Committee, um, we had a meeting. And one of the things we learned is that many offices of members are still closed and many la's legislative assistants are not interested in in in-person meetings and so we said that we would like to make a recommendation to the board that but this is a recommendation i want to make that very clear the board will make the final decision as they should but it was our concern that the main reason we go to capitol hill although we love seeing each other and having a good time and participating in the meetings, in reality is to get ourselves up to Capitol Hill. So what we wondered was, is it worth the time and the expense to go if we can't see any or most of our members? Now, this is something we're going to be debating today or talking about today. But the, but the, advocacy steering committee felt that we needed to make this recommendation to the board because we felt that it would be very difficult for people to do zoom visits from a hotel room that kind of thing if we weren't able to see most of our members so what i'm telling you today is what the advocacy steering committee is recommending but again it is not a fait accompli the board will make the decision and you all due to this wonderful meeting and democracy that we all believe in so much, will have a say in how this turns out. So with having said all of that, Mr. Corona, I'm finished with my opening remarks, (laughs) thank you.
1: Thank you, I have um, a couple more things that I wanted to ask you before we open up the floor. You know, there are some folks who felt that the the Virtual Leadership Week last year was a smashing success. I know that here in Florida, pretty much everybody you set out to find a meeting, to set up a meeting with, we actually got. And I know some other states had challenges. So if ACB does decide to go virtual this year, will you be offering up some of the tips that you offered up last year to get to get these meetings scheduled in some ways to make them as, as effective as possible?
4: Absolutely. I guess what I would say in a short course thing is, it takes diligence on trying and retrying and reaching out. Back in the day when all this first started, when I first started doing this, you could call an office and you could actually speak to the LA and get your meeting set on the phone. I remember the first time I went up on Capitol Hill and I was with our dear friend Pam Shaw. We were both residents of Maryland and we went all over the place and we were both so thrilled and so excited, she and I. Things have changed a lot now. And what I do is I call the office, the Washington, D.C. office of each member, and I tell them what it is that we are wanting to do. And I ask them if they will give me the name of the appropriate legislative assistant. Sometimes they do, and sometimes they say you have to join to see the appointment scheduler. I create a letter. And in that letter it talks about who we are, who ACB is, who FCB is, the Florida Council Blind. And I list all of our legislative imperatives in a summary, in bullet form. And I send it to the schedulers or to the, directly to the legislative assistant. And sometimes I don't hear back. Can you believe that? So I just write again and I keep at it until I get an appointment. And I remember one year, um, of course, you know, we're a huge state here in Florida, and we cannot send to the Hill a member of every person's district. And so one member was not interested in seeing us because we weren't sending a member from their district. So I wrote and I said, well, you know, that is your prerogative, but we are a, an organization that is a nonprofit. Some We have to have our members help with their expense. And sometimes we cannot afford to have everyone from every district. So if you do not wish to see the people that we are bringing that represent all the districts in Florida, then I will be reaching out to your district and telling them that you were not interested in seeing us. So sometimes I'm always respectful, but you have to be definite and you have to keep trying. One phone call or one email and then you say, oh, I no, it takes work and it is hard and sometimes it's darn frustrating. But what I will tell you is it is worth it.
1: All right. So I know that Clark and Swatha will be putting together the imperatives and they'll be putting together some boilerplate email um, that we can send out to the representative offices, to the L.A.s, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm sure that we'll put together a call or two as well where we can share our knowledgeable experience amongst each other. So without further ado, I'm going to open it up. Lucy, I know we've already got some hands. So who's up first? Margie. Margie Donovan, welcome back to Sunday edition. So, what's on your mind? You might need to find that got it button because I started the recording late. <laughs>
3: you're, you're, you're unmuted. No, you're not. I'm live.
1: <laughs> oh, all right. You know what? We'll come back to Let's Margie. go to the next Let's go one. To Ray. Yeah. Exactly. Am, I oh, Am I
6: unmuted? There you go. There you ah, go. Okay. Thank you. That old A was giving me challenges. I'm so delighted you're here for this, Debbie. Great to hear from you. Um, thank you. Um, I want to talk about my personal perspective. Um, I personally believe that everything in person, of our legislative, should be Zoomed. Margie,
1: we're having a little bit feedback issue. Let's, let's mute and unmute and see if that works.
6: Okay, is that better? That's better. I'm stupid, I'll tell you. I just walked away <laughs> oh. <laughs> from my computer. Uh, Go ahead. Anyway, I will not be attending the legislative seminar due to the virus. I think as spreadable as this is and as serious it is, and that we're not going to be able to go to the hill. Um, we can save that money and donate it to OC- ACB should we choose, or a portion thereof, including the states that send people. And it would be a much better use of our money. I'm not going to um, voice my opinion yet on um, the convention because I think we're too far away. But as one example, to protect myself as much as I hated to do it I've had to make up the decision to quit going to the gym this coming week because it's just too high risk so that's my comment thank you
1: thank you Lucy
0: who's up next ray and I'm here um, well first of all first of all good afternoon and Deb thank you good to hear from you again I always enjoy working with you Um. And um, I want to say a couple things. Um, first of all, uh, in my personal, I have my personal opinions, which I'll share in a moment, but my main purpose as an officer of the American Council of the Blind for being here today is to listen to all of you, to listen to what your issues and concerns <clears throat> are. Um, this is not just a simple decision. Um, there are things I think that people need to understand, for example, that you know, if we make the decision that we're going to go virtual, we've already signed a contract with a hotel. There could be a financial hit to ACB for that um, if we decide to do that. Um, <clears throat> I, in my personal opinion, this is just my perspective. With all the tools, vaccines, treatments, uh, masking uh, that, that people are used to, I think we as a society need to stop letting this virus control us, and we need to manage it as safely as possible. I believe even if you can't get all your appointments on Capitol Hill, that there's still value in being together in person to discuss things and um, uh, uh, and, and 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 you know the president's meeting type things and stuff like that. Um, however, I believe if we're going to do, and, and also with the convention coming up and I still believe we're going to be able to have the hybrid convention, um, you know, at some point we've got to start moving ahead here. Um, I think there are things that we need to have the hybrid leadership to learn for convention, not the least of which, and I, because I, who I live with the co-chair of the Sight and sound and impaired committee, um, how we're going to handle Zoom feeds and floor feeds through assistive listening devices. That's a very important component for many of our members. So, but my main purpose here today is to listen, but I will make this, I will state this fact, two things. I believe if we're going to have any, we're going to do, I I believe we can and should do this hybrid, but you know, we'll see if my mind changes by the board meeting, but um, for people in person, I believe two things have to happen. I believe one, we've, we've got to require proof of vaccination, including a booster shot if you're eligible. And the second thing there has to be universal. And this has to be enforced universal masking throughout the hotel, except when you're in your room. So when you're in the meeting rooms or in the common areas, you need to have a mask on. Um, And how the logistics of doing all that, I, 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 smarter people than I are going to figure, have to figure that out if we're going to go that route. But I truly believe that we've got to, uh, uh, there is value, even if you can't get all your appointments on Capitol Hill. I mean, kind of the way I've looked at it is that, you know, I would get some of my appointments on Capitol Hill and the rest I'd do Zoom afterwards, um, you know, whatever, and then get more people to participate. Yes, the, uh, last year's virtual conference was a success, but I still believe – There's, it's important to try doing a large hybrid event where there are people there in person and attending virtually and allow people uh, such as Margie and anyone else to make whatever decision is best for them in the situation. So. But again, my main purpose is to be here to listen. And I've even given up listening to the Packers to be here to listen. So I will uh, be interested in what everybody has to say and uh, take that feedback into the board meeting next week when I'll be asked to make, uh, make this decision. Thank you very much, Anthony. And Anthony, again, I have to compliment you. You seem to always have your finger on the pulse of what people are thinking about, what they're talking about. And you, you're, you're just very timely, again, in, in presenting this. So thank you for the opportunity.
1: Thank you so much. Before we take another hand, um, I want to remind folks that if you are listening and you'd like to share your opinions, you can find the links to today's Sunday edition, the Zoom link. Any Sunday edition Zoom link that you find, it's always the same every week, but it's on the conversation, leadership, a bunch of other lists, and on the Facebook community page. I also want to say I am still hoping that we will hear from Clark or Swatha. I did invite them asking them if they could give us some insight as to what they're hearing as far as you know whether or not there'll be any legislative assistance willing to meet in person. And if not, how what would be the best way to set up the Zoom? meetings. Would they be in a hotel room or would we be opening up conference rooms? So I'm hoping they still join us, but even if they don't, um this is a session for us to all make our opinions known. Um so having said that, Lucy, who's up next?
3: Karen. Bays Ray's better half <laughs>
1: no, just <kidding. laughs> and Debbie, if okay. you have anything to add along the way,
3: please, your co host <laughs>
1: So please do so.
7: Okay. Yeah, I Karen? Be unmuted. Um yes. To echo what Ray said, um, ACB is all about accessibility and we know the convention is coming up this summer and it's likely going to be hybrid. I think that even if we can't get the appointments on Capitol Hill, I think there's still value in meeting in person to discuss issues. And yes, I think that we need to use this time to work out the issues with the zoom feed the uh in-room feed and assistive listening devices we want to make sure that people have a good experience this this summer and um if we're learning that this summer and people have a bad experience it's not going to go well so i really think we need to uh Find out what the problems are now so that we can troubleshoot it and get it corrected by convention. I, you. If you don't mind, hi, Anthony, I have a...
4: This is, hi, Anthony. Yeah, I just ahead, Debbie. To add, this is just a little piece of information for you all to consider. At our advocacy steering committee, Claire Stanley, who had um, had this job before, um, she is still working in the field of advocacy for people with disabilities. And what she says, and this is as of now, okay, what she says is that since the pandemic began and through now, that most legislative assistants are not seeing people in person in the office. She said, as a matter of fact, most offices still remain closed and legislative assistants are working from home. There are some offices open, but she still was not certain about those, whether or not the legislative assistants would be seeing people in person. This is not an opinion to sway you. It is a piece of information for you to put in your in your own mind and heart to consider as you make the decision that you think is best for you. Thanks, Anthony.
1: Thank you. You know, Karen Ray, um, I know you're both still here and I, very much think that a dry run for convention is something that's worth it but for those those states that are smaller delegations that don't have you know the bigger coffers and the and the members have to pay completely out of their own pocket is it fair to ask them to come to washington dc you know if we're basically using it as a dry run for convention um i just i'm wondering your opinion on that sure uh, you know
0: I think it's fair to give them the choice and give them the the choice if they want to, that's fine. Um, I think it's fair to say, hey, you know, and and certainly understand that, um, and I understand the uh, the financial piece of it. Um, I myself am, you know, paying out of my own pocket to attend and would gladly do so. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm me, you know. Other people have different considerations. Other states have different considerations. I think, I think um, that. I think we need to uh, give folks the choice and the opportunity and say, this is what we're doing. Um, You know, I, I I think as part of making that decision uh, you know, a couple well, let me back up and say this too, you know, by March, I mean, who knows where we're going to be. We're, we're in this big spread right now. I've actually heard some doctors say that by March we may be, Totally on the other side of this. I mean, we can't that's no guarantee of anything, of course. But um that by March we may be in a much better place because, and and I don't like the reasoning some are using. They're saying, well, because 25 to 30 percent of the people are gonna get it, um, and that's that's not real nice. But at the same time, I think we need to give people the choice and say that one of the things, and I think be honest with people, say, hey, one of the reasons if we decide that we want to go hybrid. Is that we need to have a dry run of this to make sure that convention's gonna work out and that you know uh that 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 that, that you know people need to make the decisions best for them. Now, if 90 percent of the people say, Well, I'm not gonna go virtual, I'm gonna go virtual and only 10% want to attend in person, then that's another thing. And again, I can't emphasize enough the financial hit that ACB may take from this too, if we cancel the hotel contract. So you know, I'm sure that could be worked out. I'm sure there are there smarter people that know how to handle these things. But, um, yeah. So I, I think it's I think it's fair, Anthony, to give them the choice and um, you know, let the let the chips fall where they may. Since I always, you brought,
7: I likewise so, think it's fair to give people the choice and let them do make the best decision they can for for themselves.
1: Since you brought up the hotel contract, and that is a serious consideration for the organization itself, do we have any information on if we don't hit the projected targets, what kind of financial hit ACB would take versus completely breaking the contract for this year?
0: Don't have that inf- I don't have that information, Anthony. So uh can't can't
1: answer that. All right. Um, Lucy, who's up next?
2: Sheila. Okay, good afternoon, Anthony and Debbie. It's nice to hear both of you on this call. Um, I, as president of the Florida Council of the Blind, which is one of the largest states and largest contingents that go to D.C. when we do the leadership training and and meetings, um, I felt last year was a much better outcome because we got more time with the L.A.s than we actually did speak with a representative I do feel we got more of their attention and more of their time. So I do feel that that was much more beneficial. Just my personal opinion. Um, I don't believe we're going to be able to meet in person with anybody. And I do feel that ACB is going to take a hit because I don't feel they're going to have the numbers that are needed for the contract. We've been through it in Florida. We know what the hotel requirements are for food and rooms and drinks and et cetera. Um, So I have mixed feelings. I, I, you know, I know that the board will make the best decision and I do believe in my heart that the board will listen to the membership. So that is where I'm going to leave it, but I'm just going to say that I do agree with Ray and Karen that people need to make the best decision for themselves. And As of right now, I don't know that I'm gonna go in person, but I will wait and see what everybody else thinks.
1: Well, before I let you go, I think, um, you know, Debbie and I could offer up our opinions and maybe we will towards the end of the show, but one person who is very, very uniquely qualified to offer an opinion about hybrid, which I think is something that we need to discuss as well, in-person virtual hybrid. Florida led the uh, led the path for hybrid conventions last year. Mm-hmm. So, in your opinion, how how did it work? Did it work well? Was it 50-50? And what did you learn from hybrid that you'd pass along to ACB if we did if the board does choose the hybrid option? Well, sorry to put you on time- the spot, but you're here. <laughs> Thanks a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the first hybrid meeting we did was our board meeting a year ago, November. Um, That did not go well, but we figured out why it didn't go well. We didn't have the right equipment. We didn't have the right settings. We didn't have the right internet connection at the hotel. I feel personally, and Ray was there, so I I do believe that Ray can um, give his opinion on this as well. Um, I do feel that we learned an awful lot, and I do feel that our convention in... Uh, May last year was absolutely phenomenal. and But we had the right equipment and we had the right settings and we had a professional AV person come in and help us set it up. And I don't believe we had very many um, hiccups, if any, in during our convention. So I do know it can be done. It takes a lot of uh, it takes some extra money, and it. But I believe ACB's already got the equipment, so I don't think that's an issue. But it's, um, it can be done. It, it's challenging and it's nerve wracking. But when it's over and it's successful, it's, it makes you feel really good. So yeah, does that just, answer your question?
1: It sure does. I think Anthony.
0: Yeah, I just say <clears throat> from my perspective, sitting in the Florida convention in person, I felt, I felt that as an in-person attendee, I, I what up from what I could see, everyone had an equal opportunity to participate and to be uh, a part of the, uh, a part of the, 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 the program. And I think it was, um, I think it actually worked very well. And I felt that, um, you know, and I, and I, and I sitting in those meetings um, I didn't at all feel uncomfortable. Now we didn't have Omicron at that time honest, or Delta either for that matter. But um, I felt very comfortable uh, that, you know, that, that all of the safety precautions that could be taken were being taken. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I felt it was a very, good, uh, a very good experience and a good learning experience. And, you know, uh, quite uh, frankly, I think, you know, that, you know, that, that's something we can definitely uh, learn from. So uh, definitely thought it was a good experience.
1: You know, one of the things that that hit me from from that experience, right off the bat was even through the masks, I could smell the cleaning products every time we broke session and came back into one of the meetings rooms. And that really made me feel secure. Um, Everybody was wearing masks. We were all, you know, we were spaced out nicely. And then, of course, you know, the cleaning and and, and the touching up in between sessions. Debbie, if you don't mind stepping back to the mic for a moment, you participated virtually. Could you tell us how, in your personal opinion, how it was participating hybrid virtually?
4: I'm trying to remember. Sheila, was that the year we had (laughs) Representative Anna Eskamani? I was there. Um, Is that the year? Is that who no. we had? With? No, no, Okay. No. All right, this, it's coming back year. to me now. Okay, I, okay. Um, what I will say is then it, it's all coming back to me now. This COVID has thrown all of our memory banks off <laughs> about where we were when. Thank yep. you, Sheila. Okay, so what I would say is this: when you when there is a hybrid event, there are two playing fields. I truly believe that. The Florida Council of the Blind did its best to make everyone that attended by way of Zoom included. I felt included and cared about as a member of, of FCB. But what you have to understand is that through nobody's fault, just because of the way human nature is, when we do it all virtual, everybody's in the same fix, in the same place. And there are two playing fields. And it is different, it is very different when you are listening in Zoom and there are people there laughing and talking. I don't mean hybrid is a bad thing. I think FCB did a very credible job with the hybrid. And I think anybody who came by Zoom I, I had one little issue getting in with something I was asked to do, but it was quickly fixed and I was in, but through, through just the way the hybrid is, what you're going to have to accept is that there are really two levels of participation. Yeah. It is different when you hear people there and when you're not, but that doesn't mean that hybrid is a bad thing and it doesn't mean that it shouldn't be done. But that is just a reality that people need to understand. It's not, if it's, if this is hybrid, it's not going to feel like our totally virtual events when everyone was on the same playing field, but that isn't a bad thing, but it's something that we need to think about. Thank you.
1: Thank you. All right, Lucy, we're ready for another hand.
4: Okay. Terry Pacheco. Good
8: afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome back. Um,
8: Thank you. Um, A couple of
9: points.
8: The first one is I want to thank Ray and Patrick Sheehan, the the two of them who are both members of the ACB board are on here listening. Um, I think it's unfortunate that some other people aren't that will be making these decisions, but hopefully they will at least listen to the podcast. Second thing I want to point out is I personally am totally against doing it at this point in time in the D.C. area. We have one of the highest, D.C. has been talking, they have the highest per capita number of cases in the country. That's right now, on average, in in D.C., one in six people either has or has had coronavirus. That's a tremendous number. I think we need to especially look at that from two perspectives. one is how many of our members, especially our older members and our more seasoned legislative seminar members, shall we say, have other lung issues perhaps related to the, to their ROP as infants that's something that and that is one of the most dangerous. Parts as you will hear when I noticed Penny Reader has her hand up, and what she's going to tell you is very much further on that er- in that area. Um, the other issue that I think we need to take into consideration is I personally know seven people who are blind who have lost their lives to COVID in the last two years. We have been an organization that for decades has worked on pedestrian safety and safety in general of blind and visually impaired people in this country. We have not had that many deaths from pedestrian accidents in the last two years as we've had from COVID. And I think that's something that we need to reflect upon. And with that, I wish you all well. And unfortunately, if you do choose to come to DC, I wish we would be able to see you, but we're not going to be able to do that because it just none of us feel that it's safe in this area. Thank you and have a good afternoon.
1: Thank you. Thank you we appreciate that perspective. Absolutely. Lucy, who's next?
10: Doreen. Hi all. So this is Doreen Cornwall from Seattle. A few different comments. Um, I thought that it was incredibly successful last year to do all virtual lobby visits. That meant we were able to, the Washington Council of the Blind, we were able to meet with all but, I think, one of our representatives, and oddly enough, it was the most outspoken one in Seattle, but um, so that meant we were able to involve more people. We didn't have to have the cost and climate change uh, burdens of cross-country air travel um so and and then the other thing is i have a lot of people right now who've been affected by covid and last night i was going to go to the symphony with a friend and she called me just as i was getting ready to go on the bus and said why the concert's canceled um i agree with the thought that there's a good chance we may be past the omicron wave by march no but i think and i think it's might be important to be experimenting with the hybrid model because we want to know, you know, what tech do we need from hotels? What, what are the different considerations when you run meetings? I think that the getting, getting that just, just having experience with that is valuable. That said in Washington, we, this is, we did, we've done two years of all virtual convention, and we've been able to negotiate putting off our contract with the hotel we had contracts with. Um, so I guess I want to know if the board has done anything to talk to the hotel about maybe somehow delaying that contract. Um, I personally have no time or interest to travel to D.C., And I think that there are people from WCB who have traveled regularly and would be happy to continue to travel, but uh, there are lots of us that aren't interested. So I think that's, I appreciate everybody having this listening session and I'm happy to feed it into the board's work process. Um, I also wanted to say, as far as follow-up from last year, I would love a little snapshot report of where the priorities we worked on last year are Um, because I know that I I know because I you know it's like oh cool we have priorities now I can follow some of the pieces and so it would be just cool as part of the preparation to have a little snapshot of what's moving that we worked on last year okay that's enough thank you everybody
1: Thank you so much. You know, I want to I did some research for today's show, and I'd like to point everybody to the Johns Hopkins um, latest study. You can Google it. They took a look at the data from South Africa, from England and from Israel, who are just a little bit ahead of us as far as the 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 curve and the, um, uh, you know, the, the latest wave of Omicron is concerned. Um, And there's some really promising data that came out of it, but there is an exception to that. And the exception is their mitigation strategies as far as vaccinations and masking, et cetera, et cetera, is a little bit more stringent than ours has been. So they took a look at, based upon those numbers, what it looks like for our country, and it looks like that the wave will go through. Probably somewhere into the late April, early May, before we're really at the end of this. So, with DC having the numbers that they have now, it's possible that it will be better in DC in March and other areas of the country that are catching up. Unfortunately, we're a huge country. So, but do we want to possibly bring some of that back to DC is something to think about as well. And, and I urge everybody to go take a look at that Johns Hopkins survey uh, study and make your own decisions. All right, What's our, who's our next hand, Lucy? Terry Suarez. Welcome back, Terry. Terry, you might have to hit the got it
11: button.
12: Okay, got it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this call. And this is what we love about ACB is where the members have a voice. Um, What I have to say is is three things. I see that we're having a discussion and as the president of CALM ACB chapter of our at-large members, where we are overcoming the barriers of the rural areas, it's not just COVID. It's the challenges of getting on an Amtrak, getting even on an airplane. There are over 60 counties in Florida where we don't even have a hospital, let alone an airport for a vision impaired blind person to be able to travel to Washington, DC. So that's my concern. And we have a lot of members in our community that have multiple obedities and mortality um, factors such as diabetics. So I'm a type two and a proud member of Diabetics in Action and when i go to travel i have to, even though i've got my booster and i've got my flu shot and i'm fully vaccinated we still know that we're having breakthrough cases but the good news is we're not landing in the hospital but i don't want to pay several hundreds of dollars to sit in a hotel room for 5 days having flu like symptoms on the second point is is i participated hybrid in all the calls in florida and i just have to say Sheila Young and um, Mikey and John, um, the treasurer of COMP, did an excellent job because of the health of ACB Media. We're not the only state that have done hybrid. We're just the first that do everything. So in 2020 at our board meeting, yeah, we had wonderful opportunities of improvement and we overcome them. And in 2021 had an amazing hybrid convention. And if ACB ever thinks of going backwards and never having hybrid again, That is definitely gonna reduce um, our voices and choices and community because there are members that will just never be able to travel due to the multi um, health issues that they face. And I feel that having the discussion of ever removing hybrid as a choice is a very, very poor decision on the board. And what I do have to say is is having the discussion of a live event versus a virtual wet event, that's what we need to discuss. And on the third thing is, is Washington, DC is not going away and wait till 2023. We'll come in and conquer. And I'm sure our ACV attorneys and our ACV board of directors will do a great job saying we're locked in for next year. And I thank you. And what a great call and thank you everybody
1: um, Mary, before you go um, you've you've worked in this area so if we were to have hybrid or in person what are some of the mitigation strategies that you'd recommend to um, ACB
12: well the litigation with the hotels or the litigation no, with, no, mitigate, mitigation. 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 mitigation oh mitigation I'm sorry I didn't hear you <laughs> um i just uh, there's just so much going on um i feel that i need to make sure the advocacy committee and clark are looking at all i've not had the opportunity to look at all of the mediation that is going on um are you talking about can you clarify Terry,
4: terry if i could just interrupt sweetie what what anthony wants you to share your expertise is if we should have a hybrid convention, what sorts of things would you recommend to help people keep the safest? That's what he was asking you.
12: Oh, oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm recovering from my booster. <laughs> so I still have booster fog brain. Um, I have to say is, is being in the healthcare field for 30 years, The most important thing and the thing that people are not talking about is washing hands. It is so agitating that all I hear is about mask, 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 and no one is focusing on washing hands in the United States. There's PSAs in every other country talking about good hand washing technique, um, understanding the mask, um, the proper mask, if you can put a light through the mask. Um, And Anthony, I'm not too sure how strong of a smell you got. I'm kind of wondering what kind of mask you had on because you really shouldn't be able to smell a whole lot when you have your mask on and a correct position. Um, Because if the particle sizes of the smell can make it through, the uh, virus are just as small as those smell particles. Um, The mask is really a deterrent more for not to touch your nose, your eyes, and your mouth. That is a very common place unless you have an open sore on your skin where the virus can enter. Um, And again, it's all based on immunity. Um, We can't control our world like Ray said. um, Are we going to live in fear or are we going to live in faith? And we need to focus on our immunity, but we also have to think about what is our goal for going to Washington, D.C.? Well, my goal is to get the attention of our legislators, our Congress, and be able to say, look, this is what we need done. Now, the other the other side of the coin is, is if we do go to Washington and we do a walk from um, Point A to the Treasury, yeah, we're going to be seen and we're going to get media because it's not open to the public. So we'll be the only ones there. Um, But on the other hand is, is I'm more concerned about the safety and our numbers. And the goal is to get everyone to nationals. And I hear this discussion about, you know, needing to test equipment. I can't even name all the different state conventions that have been hybrid since florida did it first and we have an amazing acb media team i mean we've got tyson and darrow and larry and rick and they have done amazing things and i know rick um was a consultant for florida and you know one thing that we are in our community is we're flexible and we're unbreakable and without a virus exactly and i just feel that um Wash your hands, everybody. Go back to your 20 seconds. Wash your hands, hand sanitizer, and your mask. Get somebody to um, shine a light, a flashlight, or your uh, phone light through the mask. And if the light comes through, guess what? That mask is doing nothing but deterring you from touching your nose and your mouth. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. And I apologize for misunderstanding. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Thank
1: you.
0: Hey Anthony, can I just make a couple quick comments about what Terry said? Um, sure. First of all, Terry, thank you for sharing your expertise based on healthcare. Uh, and I'd like to say just two things. First of all, you made an excellent point, and having the virtual component, whether we go virtual or hybrid, there's it is so great that more people can participate, and I think that's I think there's a huge value in that. Um, The second point that you made is you said, well, let's say we're locked in for 23. Well, then we get another variant. And so, okay, we're locked in for 24. I guess the question is, and this is a bigger society question, how long are we going to keep waiting and letting this virus control us? That's, that's just my personal question. I think, you know, we can do everything and anything possible to keep people safe. And, and by the way, thank you for reminding people about washing your hands. I haven't heard people talking about that lately. I mean, I hear masks, I hear distancing and things like that, but... um you know, I, the, but the washing your hands is, is important. And I have to admit that I don't do it as much as I should. Um, but, um, the, uh, yeah, I think that's, um, I think those are good points, but I think, I, I think, and like I said, I think at some point, and, and, and I'm, it's not just me saying this, even people like Anthony Fauci are saying, you know, we got to figure out COVID's not going anywhere guys. We've got to figure out, and, and this is a bigger society thing, how we're going to live with it. And that's, I think what, and, and live our lives with it presence. I mean, I personally happen to believe it's going to be like the flu every year. We're going to have to get a booster shot for it. I'm totally fine with that. And uh, you know, it's, it's um, you know, it's certainly uh, something that, you know, we will look at, by the way, as far as the hotel contract, I'm sure Eric and Kelly and the folks in the national office are looking into that right now in preparation for the board discussion. So just would uh, make that point as well.
12: Um, Anthony, right, can I respond to something that um, Ray just said? Sure. Okay. Um, so Ray, I agree with you 100%, but there's one point I want to disagree with you. Washington, D.C., is, the goal is for leadership and for us to speak to our LAs. Absolutely. And, and financially... I feel personally I will not be going because that's not the return of my investment. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to stress out. Second, I'm going to save every dollar I can because in Omaha, Nebraska is totally different. The Mm -hmm. people I want to see, the healthy members of our community, the hugging, you know, and being able to touch people. I haven't been talking on the phone for a year and a half that I've never met um, That instance there we have more control of what the purpose of our meeting but our purpose for washington dc is to get the attention of our la's and our congress and if they're not going to see the public
9: i Mm -hmm. don't see
12: where the investment is and the other thing is is i appreciate your wife she's very lovely i feel we've done enough experience that we have enough expertise that if we were to send a group to the hotel in um, Omaha and learn the equipment they have. We know the equipment we have and do a practice run for our hybrid. Because if we leave hybrid, we'll be one of the only organizations in the world, because now that everyone's got the experience of doing virtual, everything's going hybrid, every organization yeah. that I'm with. So my, 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 um, me as a single ACB member, I say we save the money, save the safety of our members, and focus on making Omaha mm-hmm. the best in-person event ever. Because we are in control of the event, we're not going to not let you see Dan Spoon.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just, I
12: just want to, I just want to make a point.
4: The just so for a clarification point, the issue is not. Doing away with hybrid as a choice. the in, the, informi- the point of this board meeting is: is it safe to have anyone there, and is it physically responsible to have everybody there if we can't have a meaningful amount of appointments on Capitol Hill? But I, it is my understanding, ACB. As long as there is an in person um, choice, there will always be a virtual. Port- choice so i i want to make that clear so people that's what this board member will advocate for i'll tell you that's right and it's it's what we what we're doing and i don't so there's no reason to get upset about that and the other point i would make i'm kind of an adventurous soul and my heart agrees with what ray has to say we are going to have to learn to live with this virus but the other point i would make is right now we have not gotten that skill. We don't have a way to keep people safe. We don't have a way to ensure people are vaccinated, masking, washing hands and we I don't think that's going to change between now and March. So, I agree with you, we've got to move on, we've got to live with it, but right now this nation doesn't know how to and doesn't have a policy in place that will help us do that. And so I think as an organization We have, it is our duty to do the best we can while respecting everyone's choice in democracy to make the best decision we can. And I am sure that the board will do that.
12: And I love everything you just said, but for me living in Florida and right next door to Walt Disney World, it's like asking me, okay, we're going to go to Florida, but Walt Disney World is going to be closed. Okay. Okay. That's, that's how I feel the conversation is, is if we should go or should not go. I'd rather save the money and focus on going to Omaha because we know everyone's right. going to be there. So, All Terry, right. thank you think, so much for I your great comments. Very,
1: yeah, I think that's a very valid point and a great comment to make. We're going to take one more call before we take a short break. So, Lucy, who's up next? Anthony.
13: Hey, Anthony, how are you?
1: Hey, Penny, love you so much. Hope you're doing well, my love.
13: I am, but I got home from the hospital last night. I tested positive for COVID on New Year's Day. Oh, bless Um, your heart. I (laughs) am doing okay. Let me turn off the speech on my phone because it drives me crazy, Matt. All right. Um, I am totally vaccinated. I got my booster in November. I have hardly been out of my house for two years. Um, I have COPD, and so I'm vulnerable to the disease, and so I've been really careful, uh, but I got it, and um, um, I, I thought we, I could just, because it's supposed to be so much milder that I thought I would probably be fine, but as the week progressed, and I turned on oxygen, and I wasn't getting any better, um, my doctor and I began looking for the, um, uh, the uh, antigens. Uh, and we couldn't find them because there's so much COVID here that the hospitals don't have all these things that they need. Um, the antibodies were not available anywhere where I live. Um, none of the new drugs that were just approved a few weeks ago, they're not even in Maryland yet, or maybe there's 200 of them or something. There's no way to get the drugs that you can take from home. And so I ended up at a hospital and I got the uh, antiviral call drug called uh what's it called starts with an r um res- regeneron no, the no. Other one. Retrovir. Right? yeah that thing res- yeah. i can't you know i because now i'm i must have the fog from Rem, remdesivir anyway, remdesivir that's it um and that's only administered by iv when i went to the hospital i thought i was going to be able to do it um outpatient but then the only way you could do it was with IV. So, um, I got three doses and I was lucky they let me come home after three, most people they keep for five, but I think I was a pain in the ass kind of patient and they were glad to get rid of me because, uh, <laughs> the blindness yeah. drove me quite crazy. Um, you know how they won't let you walk around and they wonder if you can really find the bathroom and all that stuff. It drives me nuts. Uh, anyway, um, I was lucky. I feel better a lot better. Um, my oxygen levels are staying up in the nineties and I'm not on oxygen anymore. Um, but I don't think it's safe for you guys to come to DC and not only because of what you're going to find here, because really here we're pretty good. Most of our population is pretty good. We have a fairly good vaccination rate and people are wearing masks and they're required to wear masks. And they're required to present proof of vaccination to get into all the restaurants. It's not D.C. It's the other airports you're going to be going through and the other cities you're traveling through. Um, And I really doubt that even by March, um, your legislators are going to be welcoming you at the Capitol. I, I just I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not even sure of Omaha, but I certainly think it would be a mistake to come to D.C. in March. Because we were so effective last year, and we weren't here, and we all did it virtually, and it worked great, and so I think that we should go there and do the same thing again.
1: Penny, I Penny, thank you off- for
4: your honesty and for being so vulnerable to us. I, thank I you. really appreciate thank you, that. You've always, you've always been that kind of a person. Okay. And you speak from personal experience and hard experience, and I think all of us listening to you and who will listen on the podcast will. Are you know, I mean, the other thing Thank is,
13: you. if you catch it, who are you going to bring it to? I mean, I'm still worried. Exactly, Carl you, and you Zach. do have to
0: think about that. You're right. Fortunately,
13: they've they've been fine so far in Wood. and we're doing everything in separate rooms and wearing masks all the time. And I, I'm, but I'm just grateful that, especially Carl, who has diabetes, didn't get it too, and I hope he doesn't. Um, so, um, I mean, you've got to think about, you're, you're right, Ray, that we can't, we, we don't like being controlled by the virus, but right now we need to be controlled by reality and by how much we care about all the other people in our lives. I yes. just, well, it would be a mistake to come.
0: Well, that's a, well, that's a, that's an important point is that it's not just, you know. A lot of illnesses that we've dealt with in the past, it's, yeah, we don't want you to get it, but at least you're probably not going to spread it to somebody else. And that, that is a consideration. Just, just want a couple other quick points, Anthony, before we take the break. And that is, um, you know, one, and this is something I think the board needs to consider is what if we said, okay, we're going to do hybrid and a bunch of people come in person and somebody gets really sick. And sues ACB and says, hey, you know, you did this. It was negligent of you to do this. They could, they could sue us right out of business, guys. So that's something that I think we need to be realistic about. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, I, I think that um, I was going to make another point, too. And, and that is, um, you know, I, again, I think that what it comes down to is the board, I think, needs to make the best decision for everybody. And as I say, I'm confident that we will do that. And, but I wanted to actually, a question I had, this is what I was going to say. Um, you know, you, you said, Penny, that we were successful last year, just as that we've ever been. I would love to see, and this is a Clark question, compare last year's legislative seminar. How many more co-sponsors did we get for our legislation? How much did we get passed compared to,
9: any previous
0: legislative sessions where we've had them in person you know i'd like to see the success rate and yeah that would that be would, good but you that know would be it's a good, it's a good answer yeah it's and, about and, and,
13: that we're, we're in a totally different time with a very polarized congress and so definitely really a fair definitely, comparison definitely but i mean i do feel like that i mean i felt like the presentations were amazingly good i felt better yes. informed at last year's legislative seminar than i often do and um as and and i i think that a lot of people got really good receptions from their legislators when they were able to talk on the phone so not to,
0: um, not to not to mention you don't have people getting up and getting out of the room and trying to find the rooms and there's <laughs> there's, there's all that stuff too. All, that too. all right I, I, we're taking over anthony's show here so
1: no first you know first and foremost penny as as debbie said you sharing your vulnerability with us means so much you're you're one of our treasures absolutely um so i think let's take a, a 20 second prayer that penny and her entire family and household will be wonderfully fine by the time legislative rolls around and yeah, um Joe,
4: <laughs> Joe, <laughs> we're we're all ready are be to take can. that break okay.
13: Anthony, what was it like in Honduras where people didn't go safe? <laughs> yeah.
1: Honestly, I felt a lot safer in Honduras. You, they take your temperature indoor, outdoor, wherever you're going, that's public. And masking is required everywhere you go. It, you know, Gabe puts it very, very succinctly. Their hospital system couldn't possibly handle well, what, what we're ours, handling here. You.
13: you know, the hospital <laughs> I was in was so short-staffed. I mean, I got really great treatment and I was really lucky. I was in one of those rooms where all the air flows out and the only air that flows in is uh The American
0: Council Um. of the Blind plays an important role in the daily lives of blind and visually impaired individuals all over the country. Whether it's making products and services more accessible for the blind, advocating for appropriate education for blind students, issuing scholarships to deserving college students, fighting for accessible currency, along with a host of other issues, it takes contributions from all of us. You can help by joining the Monthly Monetary Support Program, MMS. It's a great opportunity for members and friends to make sure these efforts continue. What ACB does enhances all of our lives. For more information, go to our website, acb.org, click on the donations link, go to the MMS tab, and enter. Or call
9: 612-332-3242.
1: All right. You were listening to Sunday edition with Anthony Corona. And today we are speaking about leadership week, virtual in person or hybrid. Um, we're listening to hear everyone's concerns to hear what they think would make the, if we do choose a virtual or a hybrid, some of the mitigation strategies that they would need to feel safe and um, and basically whatever you want your board to know before they go into the meeting on the 16th and make the final decision if you are not on the zoom right now and you have a comment or a question you can find the zoom information anywhere that you see sunday edition it's that same zoom information each week right now it's on the conversation leadership and on the facebook community page you can click it on and join us i'm sure we've got a bunch of hands up lucy who's up next
3: Actually, we do not have any hands up, Anthony.
1: Oh, we got one now. Welcome up, Meryl.
14: (laughs) Hi, um, Debbie. It is so good to hear your voice. I miss you terribly, as you know. So sweet, Meryl. Thank you. You're welcome. And, Penny, my heart goes out to you. It really does. And I'll be giving you a call if you're up to it, you know. But um, also, my feeling is acting as vice president of the American Council of Blind of Maryland in light of this variant, which is really bad. As much as I want to be in D.C. advocating, I I don't. And because of the fact that the representatives, are, the aides are not going to be there and all that, I really think that it should be virtual, but... It's a hard decision, I know, and I know the board will make the right decision and I will be listening to the board meeting attentively. Thank you.
1: You know, before I take another hand, um, Penny, uh, Merrill, those of you that are in the D.C. area, can any of you um, give us a little bit of um, a perspective of what security in, in and out of the city and around the city looks like? None. Nobody's mentioned that, and I'm curious to know from folks that are there what security looks like.
8: I can tell you one thing, and that is that the chief of Capitol Police just said the other day that he's down 445 members of his force right now, between uh, lack of vaccinations and positive ratings and positive COVID testing. So. There's a lot fewer police, capital police around the Capitol than ordinarily there would be. And a lot of people use them. Uh, they often assist a lot of our people getting around Capitol Hill. And that's a big number of them, 445. Yeah, sure. It's is. Is a big number.
1: Yeah. Oh my
14: God. And, and one more thing, Anthony, it's Merrill. Um, for people like Ray and people from other parts of the country, a lot of flights are being canceled too. So that would be another issue.
0: That should clear up by March though.
14: Well, I hope.
0: It yes. may be. I don't
13: know. I don't know. You can't, you can't, you don't know what's going to happen, Ray. You don't know what's going to happen. Oh, I know. Delta. I know
0: that. I know that. Um, it's, it's just,
13: I mean, uh, you can assume it's going to clear up, but you know, there's no way to know that. The other thing that's down are the number of first responders. I think 20% of ambulance drivers and firefighters in D.C. are not working. Um, And then, like I said, the hospitals are understaffed and they can't get the meds that they need.
8: So those are things you really need to think about. And and Anthony, if I can put in for a minute, something else that nobody has mentioned at all that's coming up as well, and just in time for, in in the negative sense, um, just in time for legislative seminar is we have two long weekends coming up we have martin luther king weekend and we have president's weekend and both of those are apt to cause increases that would be in full swing by the time we hit legislative seminar that's true Mm.
1: that is a good point all right
8: jane Uh, Jane has her hand up
1: awesome jane welcome back to sunday edition (laughs) (laughs) Jane, you might have to find the "got it" button. I Mm
4: -hmm. thought I just heard her smile, laugh, and she went away.
1: All right. Do we have any other hands, and we'll come back to Jane?
3: No, we do not.
1: (sighs) I think
15: there we go. go. Go There you go. Go
5: Go now. Do you hear me? Yes, we do. Go for it. So, two things. I don't want to run scared and I think that it's that conundrum between crying wolf like oh my god all this and this and this are happening I think we do have to be ferocious in moving ahead Ray I do want to ask what uh, why you don't have, why makes it, so, I don't like that question. I, I do wanna know what the cutoff would be for ACB, what the monetary hit would be. And I think we should know that because I don't wanna be feeling pressured that you all need us to back you up and not doing it directly just because we don't know the monetary stuff. But um, I know I know, I won't go to Washington, but I'm going to go to Omaha. So, but I will pay it. To, I've been in Washington for other meetings and I love it, but I also want to really help take care of ACB people and other people. So that was my big question about what is the hit going to be? and And do you have, any kind of a close idea
0: about that? Well, Jane, all I would say is, I mean, I don't know the, the real answer. And again, I would just say that I'm sure that that's something that Eric and Kelly and folks are looking at. And I, you know, uh, and, and they will tell us that at the board meeting. Um, the board meeting puts us about 60 days prior to the actual event uh, give or take a few days so um that there usually with things like this there are penalties that as you get closer increase as you um you know or you'll get closer to the event that you may have right. to to make a change so um, i i truly guys i wish i knew you know, kind of what we were looking at, but that hasn't been shared with me and or the rest of the board at this time. Okay. Uh so I do think um that is um that is definitely something that we will be that will be presented to us as part of the uh uh this, the, the the information that we get so that we can make uh, uh the best decision possible for uh for ACB and um you know look i, I think that that 's true, and you know it's, it 's what's i think what 's frustrating about all this is this virus is just i mean guys, six weeks ago omicron wasn 't even a thing we didn 't find out about omicron till the day after thanksgiving right. and look what, and and look how fast it 's affected the country um so you know it 's just really it 's really <sighs> I, since march of 2020 i think it's just been really challenging to and if we think it's challenging gosh what's it been like for medical folks and researchers mm-hmm. to and yep. scientists to figure out which way this virus is going to go and what it's going to do so, i heard somebody i heard somebody say a couple of months ago that this thing is throwing more curveballs at us than than anything so um, uh yeah so go ahead jane i'm sorry
5: well that's okay the other thing is um I think your points about making sure about protocols, hand-washing, absolutely. Um, Hand sanitizer, absolutely. Correct. Masks, I think ACB should do a fundraiser and make some great masks. Like we can't (laughs) see you, but we know you're not masked or something. No.
1: But can
5: people really sue ACB if ACB is doing everything they can correctly and legally so, why would that be, why could I waltz in and sue ACB mm-hmm. if I got COVID? That's, to me, that seems
4: inaccurate.
0: <laughs> Jane,
5: I'm not a guess, lawyer. I
4: guess what I would say is we don't have an attorney here. It doesn't yeah. seem, if it is your choice to go, right. and ACB is providing another option for you by having the virtual component in the right. hybrid. I would not think they could, but I think that we need to let that question go to ACB, okay. its attorneys, <laughs> and the people that know. Because the truth is, we do- it doesn't seem that it would be because ACB but, is giving you a choice. But yeah. we can't give a final, ultimate answer on that question. Okay. But it is okay. certainly something well, I'm we- sure Mr. Campbell will bring <laughs> forward <to Yes. laughs> that that was and, a concern.
6: Well, okay.
1: Okay. And, and also, I think we should um, let it mine-
4: go at that.
1: Yeah, we're we're okay. gonna let that portion of the conversation go. And if I can remind folks in it, that um Dan is mute. holding office hours with Dan on Monday at nine p.m. and on Thursday at six p.m. I suspect I invited um Kelly uh, uh Eric, excuse me, Eric Kelly jennifer clark and swatha to answer some of these questions i suspect that maybe part of the reason why they didn't come today is because they may be on these calls with dan and if you feel strongly enough that you want the answers as to you know what what will the hit acb take what hit will acb take if we don't have a hybrid or in-person component um, mm-hmm. I suggest you you put that to the conversation list so that Dan can make the appropriate, okay. um, he can ask the appropriate persons to join mm-hmm. him on those calls. Um, but I you. did extend the invitation. I always try to be as fair as possible with Sunday edition. Um, mm-hmm. So here we are. And, and thankfully, <laughs> Debbie... Debbie decided to co-host with me and bring the the recommendations from the steering committee.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Me personally, I, I feel the same way that the steering committee feels. It's it's just too much of an unknown at this point. And mm-hmm. Ray, I, I definitely hear your point, but Florida's done it. And there are other states along the way who are going to have conventions between now and Omaha. And yep. I think if we really do need to test the equipment and things, we ask one of those states to, to step up and and be a hybrid um yeah. a hybrid training ground
0: well, for and, Omaha. yeah well in illinois yes, it's going to be one of those states that's going to have a convention and we certainly will be uh we are, are seeking the working assistance of acb media to assist us with that and so um yeah definitely um uh, there are ways of um of uh, going of going about it and uh, uh and that so
4: Anthony, I'm wondering, unless unless somebody's got a burning question, and I, but I think if, if we've said just about everything that needs to be said, unless somebody has a burning desire to say something, which is absolutely their right, we might want to say, does anybody have any questions about doing um, the Zoom thing with Legislative Seminar? Florida is going to have another training program like we did before. And we're looking forward to doing that and we will. Um, But if anybody's got any questions, but if we don't have any more questions about this thing, maybe we could use the time we've got left to discuss some questions about doing the thing by way of zoom and how you include everybody. Go ahead.
3: We have one more hand. So she's had her hand up for a minute. Christine Hunsinger. Yes.
16: Um, I just have two comments. Um, No matter what we do, even even if we do a um, hybrid, we may invoke the costs of the hotel because we don't have enough room nights because there may only be 22 people showing up when we said we wanted rooms for 120. Uh, And that just won't be enough. And so the other part of that tune is we may well be able to invoke force majeure again as we did in 2020. Um, Because this is no matter what, especially in the D.C. area, maybe not in Alexandria, but certainly in D.C., um, although I don't know about Virginia has been having high numbers as well. And I don't know how much of them are northern Virginia, but those are just things to think about that uh, force majeure may be able to be invoked again. And all it would mean would be next year we'd have to use the same hotel
4: which we probably would anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay, does anybody have, if you have any question, whether it is about the Zoom thing that I brought up or other comments about this, this is your show, as Anthony has said, so please raise your hand and I think we'll be willing to entertain questions or comments on both subjects.
1: You know, Debbie, we had some really successful legislative meetings last year. Um, I, in fact, my team, we had one that went for forty-seven minutes, and we were basically expecting to be twenty minutes the most. Um, and and the LA just wanted to know more and more and more. I was wondering if you wanted to speak a little bit about how different it was to to meet with them via Zoom. Hey, hey, hey Anthony, before you do that,
0: I'm going to I'm, sure. I'm going st- to step out. Just uh, because I want to get back to football. It seems like uh, we're kind of moving to a different subject matter. So (laughs) go Green Bay. I'm going to step up. Before I do, thank you, everyone. Um, Even you heard my comments today. It may sound like it, but it's absolutely not true. I have not made up my mind how I feel. I want to hear everybody's input. I'm going to try to get to the listening sessions this week with Dan to see what people are thinking. I have not made up my mind. I'm sure other board members, I can't speak for other board members how they feel, but I thank you, Anthony, for giving us the opportunity to listen to members, to hear their concerns. And this will all be taken uh, into account uh, as uh, we meet next Sunday and debate this issue. So thank you very much.
4: Thank you for Our, your participation, very- Ray. Abs-
1: Thank you. you, Thank you. And on that note, real quick, I did hear from a few board members that said they would be listening in through ACP Media One. Um, So if you're out there and you have a comment or a question, please join us as well. But um, there were there were a few board members who said they would be listening because they wanted to hear what our members had to say and what their feelings are. I think we just heard Doug's hand go up. Yes, we did. (laughs) Doug, Doug, Doug. Doug, you're muted.
3: Get the got it button.
1: (laughs) If you shift tab, if you're on your computer, you should hit the got it and then be able to unmute.
3: Alt A. Command shift A on a Mac.
1: If you're on the phone, there's going to be a box somewhere in the middle of your screen that says this is being recorded. Got it. And then you can unmute. All right.
4: (laughs) While we're waiting for Doug to get unmuted and so we don't waste any more time, I'm just going to say a couple of quick things. First of all, when you go to an in-person meeting, you're one of a gazillion people. The L.A.s are checking their iPads or their iPhones or whatever little smart thing they use. Sometimes they're called for a meeting. And when they are at home, you have a lot more time. And that is a big deal. Now, one of the disadvantages for Zooming if you're doing part, I don't think hybrid would necessarily work well for Hill visits. Because they're busy. Sometimes you have to meet out in the hall. We've all had those hall meetings. They've been up there. They're a lot of fun. And so what I would say is, but when they're at home, it is more relaxed. So when your meetings are totally virtual, there are lots of advantages. You can go into more detail. They're busy asking more questions because they're not thinking, oh, I got to go in five minutes. Let's get these people out of here. So what I would say is for Hill Visits, There are many advantages when they're home. But if they're in the office, I'm not quite sure how that's going to be because they're constantly getting calls on their time. The member wants them for something. But last year, what we did was we put teams together and I made all of these appointments and we saw everybody but two. And we've got a lot of people and we and I wrote to them and chatted with them later. But the point is that we had teams and each team had a moderator And and each imperative was assigned to somebody to lead off to explain it. Then the other members, if they wanted to add something at the end of the explanation, were able to do that. So I think one of the reasons that the LA's respected us and gave us so much time is we were not all over the charts. You know, nope. we had we had an action plan. We we stated our our um, point clearly by with an expert. Then the other committee members or team members said what they had to say. And of course, there were times to listen to the LA's questions and respond. But there was a moderator who respectfully and kindly kept it moving. So I think one of the reasons we had success with our Zoom calls is they were planned. The teams were chosen wisely, and so the L.A.'s felt that we were worth hearing, and because they had more time, they gave it to us. And Anthony, that's the main thing I wanted to say about the Zoom calls. And if Doug ready, we're good.
1: You know, I have one more question before we go to Doug again. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I haven't hit, I meant to ask you this in one of our conversations pre and I never got around to it. Did we get more, um, more follow back afterwards? I, I know my team definitely reached out to everyone we spoke to with a thank you. And if there were any questions that were asked that we could not answer within those meetings, we answered them via email. Did we have more, um, you know- Well, I know you did
4: and, and the team <laughs> that I did. I reached out to everybody with a thank you and a reminder that we are here. And the other thing we did, excuse me, I do want to add this in Anthony, is we Absolutely. always do this whether we go to the hill or whether it's virtual, we sent a list of all of our team members, their contact information, and we we made it clear that and then so they would know that and then we gave the name of the person that you would really reach out to if you had more questions which because this year Anthony and I are co-chairs but last year I was the chair and so I was the person and I so what I would say is it's very important that you don't just turn in the ACB folder which is wonderful but you also want them to reach back to you in the state if there's anything that you can do and Florida has had a lot of good sponsors of, of legislations, and some of them have even been from Republicans, which surprises many people. But I think it's because we make sure we always hand out the ACB folder with their contact sheet, but we always have a contact sheet of our own. And so, and follow up is crucially important.
1: Do they remember you from year to year as, you, as you've been making the appointments?
4: You know, back in the day, when there wasn't as much turnover among L.A.'s, they did. And I'll tell you the thing they remembered most, and those of you who use guide dogs would understand this, was (laughs) my dog. They always wanted to know how Libby or Magic or Dina or Copper was doing. Now, and, and the ones that I've seen before, in fact, when I make the appointments, because I'm kind of the person that, reaches out to them first and go, Oh, are we going to be seeing you? And I go, well, not this time, but I've brought some wonderful team members. And, you know, so they do, they do remember and they respect the people I think that have a visit well planned, whether it's in person or whether it's by way of zoom, but they do remember. In fact, finally, I've had LA's that have gone to work in other offices and when I reach out to them, they go, I remember you because I was working in member so-and-so's office. And I get that's me and it's good to see you. So it's, it's very, imp- and I'll tell you, Dan and Leslie Spoon are especially good at forging these relationships with LAs that they've met with before. And I try to do the same thing and Anthony does too. And it's very important to have these relationships. And even if you don't see the same LA in the same office, you know, it just is important to a well-planned meeting, friendly and open and reasonable and listening and answering the questions as best as you can.
9: Okay, Doug Thank is you. unmuted. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. We can. We can. Hi, Doug. Hall. My, my, hi, the, my computer was messing up. I couldn't get it to unmute. So I, I ended up having to get out of it and go back in again for it to work right. Anyway, I have a couple comments. First of all, as Debbie knows, I've been to Washington a couple of times. I've enjoyed it. It's a great experience. It's educational. But more important than what it does for me is that we're able to educate the, the L.A.s. Um, unfortunately, as Debbie already mentioned in her message, some of the, a lot of the L.A.s aren't even there. So if we go and go to Washington, go to the Capitol, if the offices are closed, we're not accomplishing anything um so that that's one of the things to consider the other thing I think that's that really I need to mention I'm in good shape but my wife is very susceptible and I'm not frankly I am not willing to take the chance that I will bring her home something that'll kill her and I think that's something we need to be aware of it's very whether whether it's on the plane going up there or at the hotel or whatever it is it is very possible that we could bring home the virus and share it with other people. And I am not willing to take that chance. You know, it's great to, it's great to educate our, our legislators, but it's not worth educating our legislators if it, if it kills us to do that. Um, I like the idea of the Zoom presentations that we did last year. I think it was very successful. I really enjoyed talking, to, talking with the people that we called, and I'd like to see us do it again. Whether we're there or doing it by Zoom, the important thing we need to remember is our job is to educate the legislators, whether it be done in person or by Zoom, we need to educate them and to get them to, to learn what the needs are that we want them to vote for.
1: I thank you so much.
11: All right, Mary Tyson. <clears throat> Hi, everyone. Um, I, I just want to make a couple of comments as well. Um, last year was my first opportunity to participate, as I've not been able to go to Washington before, and I am avidly interested in all things political, as my friends can tell you. Um, and I, I, I I think one of the the, the benefits and I, I certainly well let me let me start from this. I was not a big fan of Zoom and et cetera because I'm a people person and I like to meet in person. But one of the things that Zoom allowed last year was for those of us who have been unable to participate to participate and some people may not ever be able to either make the travel arrangements, they might have children, they might have health issues, there's all kinds of issues. And I think that I was so thrilled to be able to participate, and it was my first time participating, and I certainly want to do it again, uh, given the opportunity. So although I would love to meet in person, uh, I I don't think we can uh, speak highly enough of the value that Zoom brings uh, to these visits. Um, on the Hill uh, because there are so many of us, maybe we live in rural areas uh, like has been mentioned before, and we don't have the travel opportunities. Uh, So I just wanted to say that I I think there's a lot of value to be had from them. And of course, like everything else, there are pros and cons to everything, but um, I would hope that the the zoom uh, participation would never go away because it would keep that participation open. And I feel that way about convention too. I think a lot of people get, get to go to convention that way that otherwise may never be able to attend and they get to feel like they are fully participating. That's all I really had to say. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary. Very well said. Okay, Doug.
9: Maybe oh, stupid thing. There we go. You're, you're,
3: there you go. You're-
9: okay. Is it talking now?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
9: That's weird. Anyway, sorry. I was trying to, un- I was trying to uh, uh, lower my hand and my computer's frozen again. So uh, you, I already made my comments before.
4: Okay. Thank, Thank you, you Doug. We got it. Thank, <laughs> Thank
9: you. Lucy, do we have anyone else?
4: No, we do not.
1: Did you participate in leadership um, last year, Lucy?
3: I did. And, you know, that was the first time that I ever, uh, attended and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I would definitely go to Washington DC in another year, you know, in a different year
4: <laughs>
3: when things are settled down. Um, just because I had the opportunity to participate virtually first, I, um, you know, found out how great it was, so I would definitely go, um, but not this year, but I will definitely register again um, for the virtual end.
1: You know, I I envision at some, you know, at at some point, maybe, 2023 there being a a good way to hide to do this hybridly not standing outside in in a hallway or even sitting in the you know in the member's office with an la with an ipad or something but i think that there's a way to have you know multiple multiple ways of meeting um you know and have a team back home that can't travel for all those various reasons to cover the virtual and for those of us that can get to DC and want to, you know, want to spend some of our hard-earned money to get up in their faces, have that option as well. Um, I don't know if that's possible for this year. And I really want, I really want the board to have, you know, enough information as far as our, you know, our own feelings as, as a membership body. So that's why I wanted to do this show today um i don't know how long the sessions with dan were in planning i may not have done the show today if i had known earlier that dan was having them um but you can never have enough input so i do urge everybody i'm going to repeat it again it um monday night at 9 p.m these that's eastern of course and uh, Thursday at 6 p.m., it is Office Hours with Dan. And I'm sure that this is going to be, you know, the biggest topic of Office Hours with Dan. And hopefully, Dan and Leslie, if you are listening, Dan, hopefully you can answer some of the questions that have been raised today that we were not able to answer. Um, Debbie, do you have any other thoughts that you want to share?
4: Yes, I, I want to kind of end as I began. First of all, I want to thank you it's an honor to co host this show with you, me, with you, because the legislative seminar and all of the legislative process means so much to me personally, as it does to so many in ACB. And I also want to comment on the kindness and the collegiality, if that is a word, <laughs> of the conversation today. People were respectful and kind, and the conversation, that's what we need. We had a place at a table where we all were equal and we all got to speak our minds and we got a chance to speak those who wished to and those who were speaking were heard respectfully. And I, I just value that so much. And Anthony, I thank you on Sunday edition for creating a table where people can come and where we can respectfully and kindly have a different opinion or a different take on something. But I was very, very impressed with how this happened with everyone, with everyone involved in the process. And for me to all of you, I appreciate that. And I heartily thank you. And it makes me know that ACB remains healthy and those of, with all with members such as you. So thank you for my heart, for the way in which this conversation was conducted today.
1: Thank you. I I try as best as I can to keep a fair and a very respectful conversation, no matter what the topic being what no matter what the topic is of the Sunday that we're on air. Um, You know, for me, the very first time I actually met you was at legislative seminar in. um, That is true. Yes, 2020, (laughs) and you know we had we had interacted, I believe, on a call once before that, but that was the first time we really met and got and I got the chance to know you. And you graciously allowed me to be part of the team that year. I hadn't been in Florida for very long. Um, (laughs) Well, we were the gainers
4: on that. So,
1: (laughs) well, you you know, it was a little bit of a gamble. You didn't know that much about me at that point. Yeah, Um, but
4: I knew Gabriel, so it was all good. (laughs) (laughs)
1: i'm wondering if you know we're gonna give the opportunity if anybody else wants to join us of course the links are everywhere that i've said they the multiple times i've said it throughout the show could you tell us about your very first legislative
4: week well as i said at the beginning i gotta tell you pam you don't have to tell us the year (laughs) no no well pam shaw and i were a lot younger than both of us are now and we, I lived in Maryland. Pam was living and working in um, in the DC area, and we knew nothing about setting up. So one of the things we did, bless our hearts, thank God, Maryland had a small delegation because we didn't understand about making appointments and building. We were running back and forth between buildings, but it was the most exciting thing. Pam and I both were just on air just so thrilled that we got to talk to everybody and um and we did and we had our little folders and we we were so sincere and this was our first time and it was just the two of us for the whole state of Maryland and I remember when we were finished and Pam turned to me and she said girl I'm tired what about you and I said, I'm <laughs> tired too. But we both <laughs> high-fived each other and we said, We did a damn good thing, the both of us. And it's just gone on for her and for me from then on. But it was it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And then I've had some great experiences in the early days with Mr. Sheehan, who used to call me boss, and <laughs> because I <laughs> arranged all the appointments. But I gotta tell you, it, it has been A wonderful, wonderful experience. And with all of the annoyances and stuff, it's still so worth doing. So worth doing.
1: You know, it's you, you um, mentioned Pat Sheehan, and I I definitely want to send a shout out. I hope you're listening today, Pat. Um, You mentor so many, so many of us behind the scenes, whether it be, you know, just a couple of phone calls or how directly involved you are with um, some of our new board members, and so a quick shout out to, and he did so much work for the voting task forces, and, and um, making Good sure idea. that, yeah, and making sure that every single one of us had a voice somehow, some way, including here on Sunday Edition, and Terry's Visibilities, and Paul's Tuesday Topics. Um, we're all one really big ACB media family and we all want to promote each other as much as possible. And so, you know, if there's ever anything I can do for Terry, I'm right there. She she stepped in and host Sunday edition for me. So I'm glad I had a a moment for that point of privilege. Lucy, do we have any hands? We'll do a check again.
3: No, we do not.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, I do know, I can see that as of a minute ago, there were 13 participants, does anybody want to um, raise their hand and, and tell us a good legislative memory, legislative weak memory? A bad legislative weak memory?
4: <laughs> no, we don't want to hear that, Mr. <laughs> 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 oh, we got Doug again. Oh,
1: okay, Come on Doug. Up,
9: Doug. Except my things. Is my thing working?
4: Yep. Yep. You're
9: in. Okay, Amazing. He okay. Uh, good, pos- positive comment. I remember last time I went up there, Debbie and I teamed up and it was a fantastic opportunity. Um, <laughs> Deb, Debbie and I were with our dogs, were kind of all over the place, running all over the Capitol, meeting people. Thank goodness for our dogs. But Amen,
4: yeah. it was, uh, it
9: was, and, and funny, our dogs got, I think, more attention than we did by a lot of yep. the LA's, but um, it was a fantastic experience. I'm, I just want to mention I'm, at one point I went outside to potty my dog and got lost on the uh, outside in the capital and I spoke with one of the policemen who was there and he confused the heck out of me. Um, I finally found a, a tourist who was sitting there looking at a map. He was new to the capital and he was able to tell me how to get back into the building but the um the experience was wonderful and I really enjoyed it.
4: I did too, Doug, <laughs> except for you're getting lost. <laughs> <laughs> it
9: was it was exp- it was good though. But I, I really enjoyed working with Debbie and going all over the Capitol that day. It was a you're right, it was a long day and boy were we tired by the end of it.
4: See, in the beginning we, we didn't have a lot of money, Anthony and everybody. So sometimes two of us would go and we would stay for two days and for several years. I went with um, Debbie and Mike Dryley. The three of us went and stayed for two days. But then we began to see that we could get more people involved and stay for one extra day. But there were times when the pickings were few, both in Maryland and Florida, and I was up there with one other person and we were intrepid and we saw everybody. But it's so much better now that we have a larger team and can give the wealth of this experience mm. to more people.
1: Awesome! Right. I just heard a hand go up. I didn't oh, hear who it was, though. Lucy,
4: Pat Sheehan. Oh, okay. Hi, Pat,
3: Mr. Pat. Hey there, guys.
15: Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for, for putting this together. Yes, I've been listening for the last couple hours uh, because you know we're going to be debating this next Sunday. Uh, you know, I haven't I haven't jumped on, but I appreciate everybody that's uh, that's talked i'm glad that penny is out of the hospital and doing better yes,
6: uh, and this has
15: just been uh yeah it's you know whatever side you're on this has just been a difficult difficult situation and debbie i remember those days uh you were <laughs> putting together all that stuff in maryland and then after that al petrelango took over and and those were good days yeah uh i would say anthony the as far as voting task force you know like everybody and i think you and and debbie particularly understand this it is really an honor to serve the organization so whatever capacity we get a chance to serve the organization it's it's a real blessing so I've been fortunate to to have the opportunity to do that and I would just uh, you know ask anybody who wants to serve ACB in whatever capacity step up do your best and uh, everyone is appreciated for the gifts that they bring so I think that yeah, we've got an well interesting discussion coming up on Sunday. I think uh, Dan will get an earful on Monday night and Thursday night. And uh, you know, I think the board will has listened to this and will make its decision uh, based on the information that we're getting. So, a good job with both sides of the conversation, Anthony, as you always do, uh, you. so that we uh, you know can listen and make a good determination down the line
1: well I meant what I said I you know you're one of the you're one of the quiet loud voices and and I love the passion (laughs) that you have to make sure that all of us loud loud voices and the quiet ones get a chance to be heard um that that means a lot to all of us so thanks good thank you (laughs) All all right Lucy
3: well we haven't heard from Becky Gunderson yet and uh we got about 13 minutes Okay. Welcome to Sunday edition, Becky.
17: Hi, Anthony. Um, I just wanted to quickly say that I um thank you for having this and I'm glad I got to tune in today. Um, because I've heard a lot of things about um advocacy in the last few months. I actually made my first call to the Capitol oh, probably in October to push for some HR bills and stuff, but I've never done that before, and and the person that was helping me was like, okay, you do this, and then you do this, and it was like, that's what I need is that step-by-step, um, so I'm kind of looking forward to getting involved a little bit with the legislative and the advocacy part, um, doing it in person, not this year, um, so if they do hybrid, which I'm sure they will, or virtual, um, I do plan to participate, and I'm excited because it's a different area that I've never been part of. And I know with all of you and your guys' experience um, and expertise, it'll go well. So I just wanted to thank you and and let you know that um, I support you in the show and, and what everybody's doing. Thanks.
1: Well, be, before you jump off, besides being an incredibly smart lady and having a very pleasant voice to listen to, um, Debbie also partners with Clark to put together a legis- some legislative pre-training pre before we actually get to the week itself. And I'm sure there'll be a version of that this year. And so for those of you out there listening who ha- who didn't get a chance to participate last year virtually, it is a great way to really get... On the same page with the rest of your team, with the rest of our organization, and to really get that that that, that, oomph, that feeling that you want to get into those meetings, and you want to display durable medical equipment, you want to talk about the imperatives, you want you know that you want to tell whatever story it is that's going to be your hook for that meeting. So um, I am really looking forward to what Debbie and Clark put together again this year.
3: Okay, you have ten minutes, and Terry Pacheco.
8: All right. Welcome back, Terry. Hey there. Uh, I'm thinking, you got me thinking about some of the legislative seminars of years ago. And, you know, one of the things that I put together back then um, was we would tend to do some kind of an outing or, you know, some kind of, a, of an evening fun thing. We and did. I remember those. <laughs> remember we did the, remember we did, we put Paul Edwards on
4: trial one year? And Michael think that the audio description of it was hysterically funny. And we remember, went we question. went to that farce of the of the session, and one of the songs about about um, how the Congress works, and there was a farce, and it was hilarious. And you arranged that too, I think. Yeah, we did it. We did it twice. We did
8: it once at the Reagan Theater, and once over in, um, uh over by the Key Bridge there, um, yeah. the Capitol. It was steps. Hilarious. It was the Capital Hilarious. Steps. We it did was the Capital
4: Steps. Hilarious.
8: And then uh, we did another one, too. And one of the things that we did, the, my first legislative seminar, I called, um, I kind of got to know the guy who was the head of Disability Services at the Capitol, Dave Houck. And I said to him, would you do a presentation for us? And he did a, a virtual, it was kind of like virtual because we were at the hotel at the time he did uh, the total description of the rotunda of the Capitol
9: for oh, us as, nice. as our banquet
8: speaker. And you know that's something maybe we should be thinking about doing during legislative seminar and, and leadership conference, you know, in the evenings, maybe we could come up with some really cool Zoom ideas that we could do uh, just for some, you know, for, for people to still have the social opportunity that we all miss about not being at whether it's leadership, legislative, or convention. Um I would be glad to try and put something together if anybody's if anyone involved with legislative seminar now is interested. I think we could I go with to that office ideas. hours
4: meeting girl and talk it up, right? Yeah, maybe we
8: should. We also had yeah. some pretty crazy times like the year Debbie, remember the year the um fire Extinguished the fire alarms kept going off right through lunch uh, yeah. and we had to carry all the lunches outside the Dirksen yep. building <laughs>
4: uh, yes I remembered that of course yeah. you know when we moved to Florida we were so busy yeah. we didn't get time to go to those lunches but a few times I did when we lived in Maryland they were nice they Anthony they had um a lunch it was part of your fee for the day and you could go to, this, to the building, the Darkson building, as Terry is talking about, and you could get a boxed lunch. And you could talk to people and you could go on about your business. But in Florida, especially when we were just doing, we didn't have time for that. I said, sorry, we don't have time for that. <laughs> but it was, a, it, was, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. It really I was. <laughs> sitting out in front
8: of the, um, oh, the other one on the Senate side that's gone for me. I can't say the name of it. Heart. The Heart Building. Um, with Paul yep. and yep. you and a couple of people, and we all sat was just sat on a wall and ate box lunches in a rush.
4: <laughs> that's what we did. That's exactly we did, what we
8: did. We would be on on the fly through the whole thing. And that's um, right, absolutely. But they, those, we had some good times at these sessions, and we can, and I think we could recreate a good bit of it. Um, yeah, it was
4: it was um, more. Um, it wasn't you know everything has gotten big and that's good. And more people is wonderful, but yeah. you know, back in the Maryland days when there were just a few of us, it was, a you know, and, and it's a bit more intimate, but we can try to create some of that again. And it's great to have all these people so interested, but the good old days were a learning, a learning opportunity for all of us, especially they me. Absolutely I think absolutely were. And back at that time, we used to have between 80 and a hundred at
8: legislative seminar. Um, back in the early 2000s, um, right. I think they've got yeah. considerably more than that now, which is wonderful. Which is, it wonderful. is wonderful. But But uh, I, I, I don't know. I just think that we that we can do some compensating for the lack of social gathering uh, virtually for this year's for this year's seminar, if we want to.
4: We'll talk to old President Spoon about that. Yeah, if there are <laughs> no more hands up, and we'll ask Miss Lucy. But I think it would be very oh. interesting for you to share your memory, one of your most special memories about your, do, when you went up to Capitol Hill.
3: We do have one I, more hand, uh, Meryl. Oh, hi, Meryl. Um, um,
14: hi, room. I just oh, want to okay, tell hi. you guys that I learned so much from. You, Debbie and Al and Pat, and you are the role models that I have continued to admire and just continue to advocate and, and learn and, and become a better leader from, from all of you. And I I appreciate it. And um I love those box lunches also. I was there too. <laughs>
4: Well, there you go. Well, thank you, Meryl. That's You're very you to say. And I'm sure there are many people who would say that you are their role model in, in the Maryland environment. Thank so you. thank you very much. You're thank welcome. you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
4: And you have five minutes, Anthony.
1: So yeah, I'm gonna thank everybody who participated today. I'm gonna thank effusively. My co-host Miss Debbie Grubb, um, who I am looking so forward to going through this season with, in whatever form the board decides. Um, you know, I mentioned before it was my first legislative experience. It was my first time meeting most of the folks from Florida that I, you know, that I had heard on calls I had spoken to, and I had heard so much from Gabriel. Um, all I, I really can't say over air my 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 favorite memory because um. Those of you who know Mr. Mikey Wiseman, <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> that he's always got a bunch of fun comments. Um, and all I can say is "Ever."
4: What happened? What? Uh-oh. Lucy, are you there? I'm here. Well, did Anthony get lost?
3: I don't know. He's still unmuted, so he's here.
4: Okay. He
8: must be be telling the Mikey story that he couldn't tell on air. (laughs) He's unmuted,
3: so I don't know what happened.
4: Okay. Well, um, how many minutes do we have, Sugar? Oh, we have
3: like three minutes.
4: Okay. If Anthony comes back, he will interrupt us, but Terry, Lucy, and I we'll do our best to take us out in the moments that we have and again for those of you who participated those of you who just listened those of you who will listen to the podcast i hope that one of the things you will pick up on actually a couple things is the glory of the legislative process although it's hard work and it can be annoying the privilege that it is to participate and the fact that over the years acb and its affiliates have made it possible for more people to participate. And now of course we have the wonderful virtual aspect that we can have almost unlimited participation. So I want to, I want to say that. And I, I just am so thrilled at the way in which this show has gone with people being not afraid to say what they thought and people listening respectfully and saying what they thought. And, and so I just want to thank you all so much. And I know Anthony will too. He's a a dynamite person. It's a joy and a privilege to know him and to work with him and to be a part of Sunday edition. And so um, if you two have anything else to say, and then we can take us home.
8: I'm sure Anthony would, Anthony, are you back? No, no. I thought I heard his voice for a second there. Um, I'm sure Anthony would want to thank Debbie so I will take his place for that uh, just for a moment because <laughs> there are very few people, if any, that I can think of in ACB who have fostered and helped grow Legislative Seminar through the years than Debbie Grubb. She's mm-hmm. just been incredible when it comes to advocacy <sighs> and Legislative Seminar. And I want to thank you, Debbie. Um, Lucy, I want you to thank, thank you for hosting, for hosting no tonight, today. And I just want to remind everyone that Anthony has his other, and I'm not—I'm going to screw up the name of it. I'm sure Sunday Edition moves on something like that about Carcium, which is on Tuesday nights starting at nine o'clock. This week it's changed, and it will be starting from nine o'clock on, so it won't be in competition with Tuesday topics. We can all get to listen to both. Absolutely, and And don't uh, forget the office
4: hours. Don't forget the the office hours. hours.
8: On Monday and Thursday evenings, Monday at nine and Thursday, I think it's at six, right? With Dan Spoon, and I think we all need to let him know how we all, how we've all, uh, the the comments that we've all made here this today.
11: And uh,
3: okay, we're at the top of the hour. We Thanks are. Thanks, Lucy.
4: Thanks,
1: Terry. God and bless. I got bumped off somehow. I'm so sorry. Have a great Sunday, everyone. I'll see you next week. Okay. <laughs>